Are you over 50? Do you often struggle with sleeping at night? Basically, you're finding yourself just not being able to sleep. Do you feel more tired when you wake up in the morning and you find yourself not being as productive as you should be? Well, you're not alone. And my guest today will be talking about dealing with sleep problems, um, what's behind it and how this can be overcome. In other words, how to manage sleep problems. Hi, and welcome to Healthy Voice for Women with me, Danny. As I said in the intro, we are going to be talking about sleep problems. So I will let my guest, who is the expert, um, do more of the talking. And I do hope that you get a lot out of this. And as usual, please feel free to share this with all your loved ones. I'm very glad to be on your show. I've enjoyed listening to your episodes. And I, I believe I have some useful information for your audience today. So thank you for this invitation. I, I'm Lucinda Sykes. I'm a Canadian doctor in uh, Toronto, Canada. I have a clinic, uh, downtown clinic called Meditation for Health. And uh, we teach medical programs of mindfulness. And uh, I've had the clinic now since 1997, but we're on pause. We're still on COVID pause. And I've begun to reach out uh, in the online world. Uh, my focus has been to women over 50, but much of my information has a broader application. And I'm going to, especially today, speak about uh, the, uh, the research evidence showing that oftentimes we're gaining weight because we're not sleeping enough. So oddly, uh, the uh, research is surprising. I find it surprising that if you sleep more, you tend to lose weight. And so I do have a, a research study I can tell you about today, Danny. Uh, there's also general information coming to us from public health, but maybe your listeners would like to know the particulars of this research. It's just been published uh, in the uh, Journal of the American Medical Association. So uh, that is uh, a very prestigious uh, publication. And I think you'll find the research reliable. What the researchers did is they had uh, 80 participants. So 80 people who were identified as overweight. And these 80 people were also sleeping less than six and a half hours a night. So most sleep uh, doctors would say that that's not sufficient sleep in the long term. That we all of us, if we can, want to sleep at least six and a half hours a night and probably a little more seven or eight hours a night would be for most of us uh, better, would be preferable. But this population of 80 people were overweight and sleeping six and a half hours or less a night. So what the researchers did uh, is separated these 80 people into two groups. So one group continued life as normal, uh, 40 in that group. And then the second group, another 40 people, these are the group who were actively involved in the research. So let me give you a little more detail about this. The research uh, period was two weeks. 
So first there was a, a week or two where the, the research participants got used to being in the study. And then at the very beginning of the research period, they met with a sleep counselor. And the sleep counselor gave them about an hour of her time. And she and uh, each participant uh, discussed how they were sleeping and looked at some very simple but uh, important directions as to how you can sleep more. Sometimes we call this sleep hygiene. Uh, there's, uh, well, we won't go into that in detail today. I do have a handout about that, but uh, the participants were counseled on how to sleep longer. And this sleep counselor, I must say, Danny, was an excellent counselor because by the end of two weeks, most people were sleeping more than an hour extra. I think the statistics were they were sleeping 1.6 hours longer than when they started the research study. So for two weeks, folks were sleeping longer and they were eating less. Now get this, they had not been counseled to eat less. In fact, there was no discussion of their diet at all. This was entirely, at least as they understood it, this was entirely a study of uh, sleep, getting more sleep. But the researchers were also keeping an eye on how much they were eating. And ultimately they, they were weighed both before and after this two week period. So let's cut right to the chase. After the two week period, the average participant was sleeping maybe an hour and a half longer, and they had lost more than a pound in weight. The researchers found that uh, for every hour they were sleeping longer, they were eating about 160 calories less the next day. So by sleeping longer, they were eating less, even though nobody told them to do so. This was just, they didn't feel like eating so much. And this is in keeping with what other research has shown. We know that in the sleep lab, if we deprive people of their sleep, yes, there are studies where people volunteer to go to sleep labs and bells wake them up and they don't get enough sleep. And then their dietary habits are tracked. And what we've learned is, folks, if you don't get enough sleep, you will tend to overeat the next day. And you will especially tend to overeat on sugary, fat-filled uh, pastries and that kind of thing. And you can check it out for yourself. I spoke to one researcher, a uh, sleep researcher, in fact, and she said they were working in the sleep lab. And uh, she and her colleagues would be up all night working with uh, research subjects who were sleeping there in the sleep lab. But she and her colleagues, were, they weren't getting the sleep themselves. So the very next day, there they all are researchers at the sleep lab, they would then go out uh, for breakfast and they found that they really wanted that sweet, uh, fat-filled breakfast. Yeah. Everybody noticed, and that's what the research confirms, if you're not getting enough sleep, you will tend to eat more of, uh, of this type of food. And uh, those calories, of course, they do add up. So I found this fascinating research and I, when I was listening to your show, Danny, I thought, I bet your audience would like to learn about this too. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, um, I think I kind of did hear about um, not getting enough sleep in terms of um, 
you know, when you don't, I mean, so and I actually actually rephrase that. The fact that people tend to put on weight when they don't get enough sleep, but I'm just I'm just sort of like blown away by what you just said and the calories and the fact that people are not even aware of it. You know, the people yes. that end up losing the weight, they're not aware, even aware of it. They don't even go to sort of like think of losing the weight. And yeah, it's just, so for me, a question I want to ask is, so there are some people obviously, that especially women over 50, who through no fault of theirs, they can't sleep. So I'm talking about women who are going through the menopause, for example, you know, and you're waking up in the middle of the night and the whole body's just yeah. going, I don't know, yeah. just, just going all over the place, basically. What would you, how, how are they going to then be able to get that sleep? Because they can't get the sleep and they obviously yes. are going to be prone to putting on weight. So how, yes. how, 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 can, how can we balance that? Because I'm going through it anyway. I've got to be honest, I'm going through the menopause at the moment and I'm not getting enough sleep. <laughs> oh, it's a very common problem. In fact, some research suggests that women over 50, about half of them say they have sleep problems. And uh, this is a great interest to me. I've begun to narrow my focus now to uh, sleep problems. In fact, uh, I've been teaching courses online. We have sleepandbewell.com, uh, sleepbewell.com. And uh, we do have online courses. Uh, I, I teach with a nutritionist. My good friend, uh, Carol Ayers, who is a holistic nutritionist, she and I teach a course uh, helping women get better sleep. So we combine uh, strategies from mindfulness uh, with uh, nutritional change, and uh, we help women to sleep better. And then, as this research would suggest, they're probably going to be eating in a healthier way also. Okay, oh, well. That's kind of good to know, I guess, that there is help out there for people who are going oh, to... Oh, yes, that. yes. That you, want to, you want to, if you can, use natural strategies to get better sleep. Ladies, do avoid sleeping pills. That's also an interest mm -hmm. of mine. I'm just fin I have a blog on this, in fact. Uh, the, all the research showing that uh, if you take sleeping pills for more than four weeks, you begin to run the risk of what we call cognitive decline. Oh, yeah. uh, the research showing that uh, people who take sleeping pills for prolonged periods of time are more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease. This oh, is shocking God. information. I was shocked when I began to discover this research, but it's there. This is not controversial. It's in the research literature uh, showing that uh, um, people who take sleeping pills for a prolonged period of time have an increased risk for cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. It's most unfortunate. Uh, yeah, the pharmaceutical industry wants us to believe that by taking a pill, somehow we are sleeping, but actually we're in a state that is not natural sleep. We are in a sedated state, certainly we're not conscious, but it would be incorrect to call this a natural sleep. And what sleep science is learning now is that while you are sleeping in a natural sleep, you go through periods that we call deep sleep. And during deep sleep, your brain is cleaning itself. <laughs> Such fascinating research now showing that during sleep, your brain cleans itself. And that may be in part uh, the problem with depending on sleeping pills because your brain is unable to naturally clean itself. 
And I am speaking as a very mainstream physician in this based in the science that, uh, um, but it's not science that gets broad, uh, gets broadcast. So that's part of my mission here. Uh, in fact, Danny, is I want to let women know about the risks posed by dependence on sleeping medications. Okay, well, thank you for that. So th will that also include natural remedies? When you talk about the sleeping pills as well, because some people- well, I don't have- that. melatonin and yeah i don't have research about valerian and melatonin and so on uh, so I, I i stay apart from that i'm thinking more of the uh mainstream sleeping medications the so-called hypnotics the benzodiazepines now these are fancy terms uh but uh, the uh the most common sleeping medications uh do increase our risk for cognitive decline Wow, that's your, your that's, uh, listeners are welcome to come to my uh, blog site. I should have the new blog up very soon about this very problem, and I'll probably also be uh, publishing it in um, uh, 60 and Me, uh, the online journal for, for women uh, in the second half of life. Okay, right. Um, so, what, oh, yeah, I'll definitely sort of like um, normally when I do the podcast, I would put um, your descriptions in the sure. notes anyway so i will put all the details in there for everyone to sort of like um you know get in touch with you and how they can access all the other tools that they might need i would love or... to make this information more widely available my own grandmother uh succumbed to alzheimer's disease and i you know now that i'm aware of this information i recall that bless her my grandmother was taking sleeping pills every night all mm -hmm. the years i knew her and I think, oh my goodness me, I wonder if that contributed to her cognitive decline. Mm. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so what, what would you say? I just feel like when we talk about lack of sleep and so on, what about people who actually have insomnia? How, how would you, how would, what kind of, you know, obviously they can't go on taking sleeping pills like you rightly said. Yeah, that's it, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's why I have such an interest now in uh, sleep for all these uh, years at the clinic. I've, gosh, we've been open now for 25 years. Hard to believe it's that long. I've been teaching mindfulness to uh, the general population. Any physicians could refer to my clinic and uh, we would treat people who are suffering from chronic pain and anxiety and of course, sleep problems and so on. Uh, but now with uh, with COVID, uh, we've had to close the clinic and uh, I've narrowed my uh, focus online to the problems of uh, women who cannot sleep and uh, especially the problems of women in the second half of life. They're close to my heart and I wanna help the ladies sleep. And uh, there's various factors contribute to sleepless nights. In fact, sometimes it's a few different factors going on, uh, but one factor, uh, is something we call hyperarousal, habit of being on edge, the habit of being maybe a little anxious. We might not recognize that that's our habit, but then at night when it's time to sleep, that quality of being on edge, being extra aroused disturbs our sleep. And that may well be why mindfulness is so valuable uh, in many cases to help women sleep. So mindfulness is an important part of our sleep and be well program. But there's other factors too. That's why I'm working with my friend, the holistic nutritionist, because we have interesting evidence now that uh, 
um, nutrition can play a, a role in uh, chronic sleeplessness. And as well, uh, we know that there's lifestyle factors that can be involved. Uh, for example, it helps you, you will help yourself sleep if you go to bed at the same time every night. And if you have a bedroom that is cool enough, it's comfortable, but cool, the body tends to like a kind of cool environment to sleep in. And for sure, we don't want light. We want good blinds on our windows and uh, we don't want light disturbing us and we don't want noise either. And gosh, we don't want our dog or cat coming to interrupt our sleep. <laughs> so yes, you know, I hear of this often. My, my clients tell me, oh, Lucinda, I love my cat. I can't keep her out, but she comes in a couple of times a night and wakes me up. And, uh, you know, there's some, these are lifestyle strategies. And it's part of my task to just point to the importance of this, that your sleep is important. It's mm. fun to cuddle with your kitty, but it's important if you can to get a full night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. And also not forgetting the fact that, um, so I'm glad you mentioned the whole thing about going to bed at the same time, which is something yes. that this year, that was one of the, my goals for this year, that I will go to bed at the same time every yes. weekend. I'd known oh, that yes. for a while, but it, I've not really been very sort of like proactive and so, sort of like proactive and saying to myself, I will go to bed at the same time. But this year, I'm, I made the goal that coming into 2022, I am going to start doing it. And I have started. Yes, doing it. I have started. Yeah. Doing it. So I'm doing it now, even even on weekends and everything else. And even when I was on holiday, I did the same thing as well. So I yes. wake up. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, on a Saturday morning, I'm, I'm awake at, say, 6.30, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but I, and I kept, initially I was like, okay, well, how, what am I going to do with the rest of my day? It turns out that I do have things I can do with the rest of my day, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and before uh, I know it, it's noon, and I'm like, okay, you know, but yes. I've, I've seen a difference, but even though I'm sort of like, you know, going through the menopause and having to wake up, you know, X amount times of X amount of times in the middle of the night but I'm also seeing that my, the quality of my sleep is changing a little bit more now and my body is actually has got, actually gotten so used to it so so much so that when I went out over Easter and I got home just an hour later than my normal sleep time it it, it kind of just it went a little bit yes. off I went off yes. my body my body was I think my body kind of felt something was not right here and I no. felt a bit off as well and even though I sort of decided I was going to sleep but then I couldn't even sleep for the extra hour because my body had gotten used to waking up at a certain time and yes there it is yes it likes habit doesn't it yeah and it yeah, likes so to like, sleep at the same time and it wakes up at the same time yeah, like, yeah it likes habit so even yes. so even that yeah so it was kind of like oh gosh and I just could not go back to sleep even when I tried to sort of like say to myself you know yes. let me give myself that extra one hour lie in because it's a Saturday and you know, you know, it's a weekend and I could, well, I just couldn't. So I got, I just got up in yeah. So yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. I guess, yeah. I, so like I said, you know, that works. And even though it might seem that for some people when I was telling someone like, oh, I, I go to bed at nine o'clock. Like, oh, what are you doing? And I, I'm like, yeah, but the thing for me is I, I may not necessarily fall asleep straight away, but I also am aware of the fact that I'm going to wake up in another night several times as well. So going to bed, being in bed at that particular time, helps kind of like still like I said you know the sleep quality and everything else but also I guess another thing is you I mean I know you mentioned about cats and so on 
But another thing as well um, is the fact that people, you know, they've always said that you don't go to bed with your phone. Doesn't your phone to bed with you? I don't take my phone to bed with me. My phone is far, far away. And yes. I only use it as my alarm clock. And I will, I've also set it in such a way that it goes dark. So there's no light or anything yes. coming over the phone. So yes. laptop, everything is not in a place where I can see it. It's away from me from sleep and so, so on. So I guess that's kind of, I, I guess you could say that's helpful as well in a way. This yeah. is also yeah. good self-care. You mm. see, it's, in the end, most of this is just being sensible and using just a small amount of self-discipline to care for yourself. And that sounds like exactly what you're doing. You're learning about your own nature and how to care for yourself. And in the end, that's even better than <laughs> advice from some expert. You take the advice and apply it to your lifestyle and see what seems to work. And by and large, you will find that at base, we're, we're creatures, we're physical creatures, and we can care for ourselves much as we might care for our dog or our cat. We wouldn't make our cat or our dog go to sleep at one uh, at a certain time, and then the next day, we keep the dog up until all hours of night. And then, you know, it, we know that's not good for the health of our dog, and we want to care for ourselves with that same you know, uh, concern, that same concern. So would, would you sort of like say this comes under this, you mentioned sleep hygiene, would that come under sleep hygiene? Yes. Okay. Yes, that comes under sleep hygiene and as well uh, the uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction programs and also <laughs> uh, an approach called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. So I've trained in all these different modalities, Danny. So I take a little bit here and there. And I like to know, I like to inform people uh, of these uh, modalities of these approaches, and then people apply it for themselves and see what, uh, see what works for them. Yeah, that's, oh, well, thank you so much. And yeah, I actually don't have any other questions because um, you've pretty much covered everything I was going to say, to be honest, and the fact that yeah, and I think what, what, was, what was interesting for me was um, the research that you mentioned about how people, you know, the weight and sort of like realizing that they did not need to eat at all or the fact that they didn't even have to subconsciously go and start eating less, but because they were sleeping le um, more, they, was, they were sort of like getting um, more sleep as well. So yeah, that's been really helpful. <coughs> yes, without even, without even so-called self-discipline. Rather, they just didn't care to eat that extra donut. It didn't even occur to them to do so. And it seems to be related to the body is better rested and there's not the urge to overeat on the sugary fat-filled foods. Fascinating to me. And this study stands out because it's the first one in which uh, we applied the, uh, the uh, information. So all the other studies till now have just been associating with the fact that if you deprive people of sleep, they eat more. But here we took people who were identified as being overweight and we applied this information. We uh, taught them how to sleep longer. And then we found that by gosh, they did lose weight, even though nobody had told them uh, that they should stop eating this junk food. They just didn't want it as much because they were better rested. This is real self-care. And uh, that's why I wanted to meet with you, Danny. I see your program is devoted to this. You emphasize that it's not about dieting, but it's self-care 
and then you will naturally uh, find the the weight and the the healthy properties that you are are meant to have. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. So, um, like I said, you know, I don't have any more questions to ask because you've pretty much covered everything. And I have to say again, I have been educated in terms of sleep. You Fantastic. Know, like, yeah, so Very that is something that. Yeah, yeah, I wish you and your audience well, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, um, do you have sort of like have like a final word or advice that you want sort of like wanted to share with people before we wrap up? Uh, well, this is about listening to yourself, caring for yourself, and listening to yourself. And as you learn what your nature craves then you offer that to your nature so that if you maybe have the habit of staying up late on uh, scrolling through Facebook or watching yet another video, uh, you're not caring for yourself. But if you're really focused on self-care, then you realize that, hey, it's time to turn off the phone and, uh, you know, take care of yourself. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, it's it's been really great talking to you. And um, I hope everyone really got something out of this. And um, hopefully you, you know, everyone that's listening will, you know, sort of start thinking of their sleep habits. And like I mentioned, you know, I purposely this year decided I was going to be going to bed at the same time. But obviously, there'll be times when that has not worked. But I think it's just sort of like having that routine, regardless of, you know, regardless of sort of like what you're... So like you said, you know, having a habit, having forming a habit, yes. I think that's what it is. And yeah, and I guess going forward, I'm just going to continue with this. <laughs> because yeah, see the self-care, you just spontaneously yeah. begin to care for yourself. That's yeah. the role of experts in this, in this field of medicine is you offer people suggestions <laughs> and then they take that information and observe themselves, see what works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. So thank you so much. And um, I'm glad to have met with you. Yeah. So um, and thanks, everyone. I hope that, um, you know, you've taken something out of this. And please do feel free to share um, this episode with your loved ones and um, take care of yourselves. And yeah, try to get some sleep. <laughs> 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 Bye. <laughs>